Yeah, you're blatantly recording with your microphone this time compared to last time when you blatantly weren't. And oh, excuse me, can you tell just listening? Yeah, to it? exactly. And as yeah, I said, no background noise. When one of us hears the other one sounding a bit off, we got yeah, to really, just we just got to really flag it and go, "Hey, that doesn't sound right." Basically, what you're saying is be less British about it. <laughs> I find that is kind I'm, of. I'm, 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 I'm well, not saying anything. No, I'm sure, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, sure, I'm sure, he's noticed, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> just deal, just deal with it later on, it'll be fine. I mean, it will, it will only ruin the entire podcast, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's better than ruining one's mood. Welcome to Late of the Rings, a podcast dedicated to Lord of the Rings, the card game. My name's John, and here's my co-host. He promises me he's got his microphone connected. It's Emery. <laughs> That's not from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, but it was. Um, it's now in. It's, it's now canon <laughs> because we released it. I think you're, you're thinking of something from the extended versions extras <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> Emma's just discovered his cable is not plugged in. <laughs> I think what you're making reference to there, John. Is uh, the poor sound quality uh, on <laughs> my end <laughs> of the chat last time, and it was um, I was going to use the Gimli line of uh, that was deliberate, but that'd be a clear lie. <laughs> well, I thought I better bring it up immediately. I mean, it is the Olive fan in the room, isn't it? <laughs> That's one hell of a room. <laughs> but. Yeah, so apologies to our <laughs> to our listener there. It's, <laughs> that was entirely my fault. <laughs> oh, and it, it is ironic because there was a little bit of conversation on the uh, board game geek thread about a few compliments for the sound quality, and I was discussing with some listeners about um, what microphones we use and how we use different setups, but how we are both very very keen on the quality of our sound. So. We tempted fate, and fate <laughs> dealt its hand immediately. <laughs> well, lessons learned. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully that won't happen again. But anyway, um, as you can hear, we are back a lot sooner than we were uh, were previously. I mean, this is all dependent, of course, if I manage to get this edited and released in time, because who knows? But in theory, you're hearing this <laughs> relatively close to the last episode, as we promised and as we intend to do. So yeah, great. So um, what have you been up to in this very short amount of time between recordings? Well, what have I been up to? It hasn't been that long. It's only been a few days, really. Um, we've, we've still got a bit of sunshine here at the moment. So I'm just trying to make the most of that. It seems like, so our usual sort of lockdown update, it seems like we're on the verge of kind of going back into some kind of lockdown. We're about to tighten things up again for next week, all the rest of it. So just trying to get as much outside time as possible. Because obviously the rule will be you're not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this is the incredible thing is that they announce that the rules are going to get much tighter. But they don't say it's going to happen now. It's not going to happen immediately. So you go, well, I've got a few days to run around outside then. Infecting as many people as possible. Yeah, get your parties in now. This is for part, big part. It's going to be the biggest party weekend in the UK this year, and then then they're locked out because of Monday. It's just it's, it's just so typically <laughs> British, isn't it? But so anyway, I've been um, no, but I've been I've been very good though. I, I've actually been very cautious generally about things, as I think is you know that's just my view on things. 
But um, I guess apart from that, what have I been doing? I've, um, I think I mentioned a few weeks back that I'd got rid of a lot of my TV subscriptions and all of this, got rid of Sky TV and all of this stuff. Oh, yeah, you went very rock and roll through your TV out the window. Uh, did, well, I'm not allowed to talk about that case, Charles. <laughs> my mistake, you phoned up a, uh, a call centre and said, oh, can I please cancel my subscription? <laughs> Slightly less rock and roll. <laughs> was that the actual recording? <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I actually, I did get a Disney Plus subscription mainly to watch the Magnolian, the Magnolia, Magnolia, Mag- <laughs> Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, Mary Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very important historical figure. Well, debatable, I guess, but. <laughs> Let's not go there. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another. That's a whole other chat. Um, and um, I was about to get rid of that because I thought I really only got it to watch that, and I really enjoyed it actually. And I thought, well, I'll get rid of that. And then I found out that the next series actually starts like next month or something. So I thought, well, okay, I may as well hold on to it then. It's what they do. It's what they do, right? I thought. And then I looked at myself. Well, oh, you got absolutely sucked in here, haven't you? <laughs> But, you know, there it is. But you're talking like you finished watching it a week ago. That didn't happen, did it? No, that did not happen. I must have watched that three months ago, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but what I did do then, so I had a look around, and I have actually watched a couple of the classic, like the real classic you know, cartoons, uh, feature-length cartoons, you know, for, for, like Snow White and Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and this kind of stuff. Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, I haven't got around to that one yet. <laughs> um, and I hadn't seen those since I was, you know, a child, really. And I just, I just, I just stuck on. Um, Snow, I think I might have mentioned this to you like a, a little while back. I, I stuck on on Snow White. I thought I'd just just to see what it's like, and I got completely sucked in. I was like a six year old <laughs> watching this thing, and then I ended up watching Sleeping Beauty afterwards as well. I thought these things are just amazing. I'd forgotten how incredibly well-made and well-structured and how poetic they are. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. I had a real moment watching a few of those. It was unbelievable. No, those original cell animations from Disney are a step above the rest. They're incredible. Um, I mean, I've seen Snow White many, many times, but I have a confession. I've never watched Sleeping Beauty. Oh, well, that's something that has to change. <laughs> that was probably the one I enjoyed the most. Oh, well, rub it in. <laughs> no, I'm trying to make you excited. You've got all of this to come. <laughs> that was glass half full versus glass half empty right there. <laughs> you got, you got that whole world to look forward to. Is, okay, I won't say anything about that. But, uh, I, well, yeah, no spoilers because, anyway. I mean, who knows what might happen? <laughs> Don't tell John the bad guys win. Um, <laughs> she never wakes up. Yeah. Um, no, so, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, I think there's something about the pacing of them which appeals to me as well. I guess I'm not, never really been a big sort of, you know, 100 miles an hour kind of loads of stuff on the screen kind of guy. And it, there's something about the pacing of them which just really kind of lulls you in and you really get into it. And, and, and actually, the dark bits i really, really oh, dark. Oh, yeah, like, they're, they're really dark. I forgot how scary it was. Snow White. Oh, my goodness. There's some twisted things in that. 
And there's oh, one there's yeah. one other with like a real nightmarish I mean Fantasia has some really nightmarish imagery in it. Um I don't know if you've seen that little guy with the big ears who's cleaning up the uh he's like a mouse or something. I don't know. That is horrendous. Yeah, there was some halfling leaf and some <laughs> farmer maggots mushrooms going on in <laughs> when they were making Fantasia. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm, I've, I haven't rewatched that one actually, so that's one I haven't seen since I was a kid. Um, so the plan is, I'll watch all of these, right? I'll just watch the I'll watch the back catalogue of Disney, <laughs> and then I'm getting rid of it between now and when the next series of Mandalorian starts. Okay, then I'll watch the Mandalorian, and then I'll cancel the subscription. Sounds like a plan, right? <laughs> it's a good plan. No, but isn't the um, isn't the Obi Wan Ben Kenobi series coming out. What is that? Ewan McGregor is doing an Obi Wan series. Oh, it's actually real. <laughs> I thought my friend was joking, but he, a friend of mine mentioned that to me like a few, a few weeks ago. I thought he was. I thought he was. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> it's a weird joke. That here, I've got one for you. <laughs> Ewan McGregor. You. <laughs> Ewan McGregor is doing a series as Obi-Wan Kenobi, a character he played 20 years ago, and it is set, like, before then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nice one. No, 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 it's not. It's set, it's set, well, I was about to say, it's set now. That would be weird. It's set a long time ago. It depends how long ago. <laughs> no, but it's set, it's meant to be set. Yeah, but this gets very strange if you start trying to work out the timeline. It's meant to be... Whatever it is, 20 years later. So it's in between the prequels and Star Wars. Yeah, but it can't be by much. I, I, I thought it was before, from what my friend was saying, I thought it was from before even the prequels. No, that doesn't make any sense. No? No, well, because if you look... One, well, he didn't exist. Well, it, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was born an adult. <laughs> Ten minutes before they met the Trade Federation. <laughs> Or whatever it was. Jeez, God. <laughs> well, just remember that a disruption in communication can mean only one thing. <laughs> it can mean only one thing. Invasion. Invasion? <laughs> can't mean anything else. Can't mean anything else. It can't mean that the phones are down. It can't mean that there's a power cut. <laughs> a power cut. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be quite good, it's it's still. I, I mean, I shouldn't find my own jokes so amusing, but it's still one of my favourite things to do whenever I can't get a signal on a phone. Is just to look <laughs> at it and say out loud, "There's a disruption in communication. It can mean only one thing: invasion." <laughs> <laughs> Listener, me and John had a good laugh about this. <laughs> we know. And it's become a bit of a running joke at any time there's any kind of communication disruption. But what was that originally from? Was that from the Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace, yeah. Was that from the start of that? Okay. It's the Trade Federation. On Oh, when they invade Naboo. They're invading Naboo? Oh, no, they're yeah. not invading. No, hang on. No, 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 no. The Trade Federation are invading Naboo, which in itself doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because It's what they do. They're Trade Federation. Yeah. That's, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe we've gone here. No, but... trying try to explain what the hell happened in that film. <laughs> okay, but they 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 arrive and disrupt the communication, <laughs> and then you've got the. But it was invasion. But it, yes, so they were right. Well, yeah, 
Well, they have to. It could uh, it could mean only one thing. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm with that guy. <laughs> I've gone one eighty on this, John. It's 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 some councillors sat. Ne- oh, well, of course they're sat because that's all that happens in Phantom Menace. It's either people walking through corridors or sitting down having conversations. I mean that's that right. that's it. That's the film, um, and then one very <laughs> cool lightsaber battle. <laughs> the lightsaber battle. What was that one? It's it's with Darth Maul. Oh yeah, he got mauled. He was spoilers. Um, sorry, <laughs> take it out. Um, he's see, he's quite good at. He's, he has some really neat visuals in his stuff, George Lucas, which I always thinks a bit of a shame he didn't direct more because he's got a real flair for it. Um, but that is quite an understatement for the guy who invented Star Wars. He's got some quite neat visuals. No, no, I, I mean cinematically, <laughs> in in the purest sense. I, the thing I remember from that lightsaber fight is not the fighting bit. It's the bit when he's waiting, when he got those pink laser. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but that's, that's great. amazing. Like that, that's just perfect way to build tension, tell something about the characters, you know, and look really great at the same time. That was really, yeah. Great. I wish he directed more films. Actually, it's a shame he kind of went down that rabbit hole of just. Yeah, the thing well, is, well, I say that. I mean, you know, he's still got a good body of work. Isn't I he? mean, you know, I, 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 I'm a big defender of George Lucas, but my thing is that i i don't think he's a good director that's the problem he's a brilliant imagineer to take a disney term but he is a wonderful guy at creating worlds and creating characters he's just not in my humble opinion i mean i did not make star wars but in my humble opinion he is not great at actually directing actors and building scenes but he has great ideas i mean if you if you just took his ideas for the prequel trilogy and gave them to a different director i think yeah i mean i'm a little bit of a prequel defender anyway but that is a long discussion <laughs> okay well i meant that more purely from a i don't know what the correct term is but like a really pure directing term so taking out the way he deals with actors and all of that stuff just the way he uses the camera like there's a couple of scenes in um What's it called? The sci-fi one with Robert Duvall. Uh, THX? THX one one three eight. yeah. Where there's a couple of really, really neat shots in that film, which is just really beautiful. You know, just um, nothing to do with, with acting per se. It's just the way you're framing something. And it, I just thought, he's, he's got real flair for that. And I think he never quite, quite explored that enough, in my view. But there you go, you know. Well, actually, I think he did explore it in his early career, but it's weirdly sort of a happy accident that when he made he made that film, which I, I do think it's, it is a good film. It feels a bit studenty, but in a quite sort of beautiful, naive way. But then he made American Graffiti, and I'm a big, big fan of American Graffiti. Yeah, that's a great film, yeah. But he, in my opinion, again, very humble opinion, he lucked out on having a brilliant set of cast for American Graffiti. I mean, he's got Richard Dreyfuss, he's got Harrison Ford. Who else was in that? Oh, um, think, um, oh you know how bad I am with recalling <laughs> names. <laughs> so yeah, okay. You're asking the wrong guy. He really did luck out on on his cast. But he basically came with this idea of what he wanted to do is like the one sort of last night of youth before people went on their ways. And it's, um, it's kind of like this uh, loss of innocence film. And he blatantly said to the cast, he didn't really know where he was going with it. 
And he said something that he really stuck to throughout his entire career, which is he was going to fix it in post-production, which really is how he, how he, how he took his uh, attitude towards right. everything later. And he's still doing it now. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, he's desperately trying to fix everything. Um, but he said, I'm going to put the camera right back and I'm just going to let it roll and you're going to just sort of get from the beginning of the scene to the end of the scene and then I will work out how it comes together in the edit. Okay? And because he did that, this is why I say I feel he's a bit lucky in this respect, but actually it could be seen as a very clever filmmaking technique. That film feels like a documentary. It feels like we're sort of observing it all playing out and, yeah. you know, it, it all sort of cuts together and, and you're sort of catching a bit of the scene here and it's all happening over there. And it's really, it's got an incredible mood to it. Now, I think he took this method into Star Wars where he still didn't really know how to direct the cast. So he, he sort of brings his sort of documentary style filmmaking into that film, which is, I think, why that film is leaps and bounds ahead of all other sort of sci-fi fantasy of that time. Whilst, you know, things like, like well, Disney's Black Hole, for instance, and the original Battlestar Galactica, they were all coming around at that time, but they all felt very cheap, cheesy, and not real. And I think the way he did it, not only did he sort of pioneer brilliant, brilliant special effects, but because he sort of kept this kind of documentary-style filmmaking, it felt like you were witnessing it rather than it was being filmed. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way uh, before. Yeah, I'll have to uh, observe it with a different eye, perhaps. And, uh, and then, of course, he never made another film until The Phantom Menace. I mean, obviously, yeah. he was in, he was involved with all the other films, but he never actually directed one. And I think when he came to The Phantom Menace, all yeah. he was really thinking about was, and in a way, rightly, because he had pushed the sort of standards of special effects and things so far, he just thought, well, this is fine. I can really build these films in post-production now. And he just went, okay, we'll just kind of film the actors standing around, walking around, and I'll build it in post. And it didn't quite pan out in the same way. No. I, I don't think. I don't think that's a very controversial thing to say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, that was my point, though, what you're saying. Like, you know, he didn't make another film for... What, what was the last film he directed? Star Wars, right? He didn't yeah, Star direct. Wars. So that was that, 77? Seven. Seven, something like that? Yeah. And so, well, over, so in 22 years, whatever, 23 yeah. years, he directed no films. Correct. So, yeah, well, that's what I mean. That's a real shame. So he had all this promise. And I think yeah. that's what I mean, where yeah, he went down this kind of rabbit hole a little bit, I think. It would have been nice to see. Oh, you know, don't get me wrong. It's amazing what he's done. I'm not going to tell any director or producer what to do. You know, it's, it's fantastic. You know, we get to see the, the fruits of their labor. But um, you just kind of feel there's a little part of me thinks it would have been really cool to see him do some lower budget stuff you know because yeah. he does have real flair for for certain things which appeal to me i think but yeah that's just me being being selfish probably <laughs> so in summary you uh forgot to cancel your disney plus correct yeah <laughs> but it hasn't turned out too bad it's my point and it will be cancelled check in again whenever the last episode of uh mandalorian is yeah second season i'll be cancelling shortly thereafter <laughs> apparently <laughs> and uh, uh so uh okay enough about me <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to 
<laughs> well, I've uh, I've been editing a podcast. <laughs> no, well, no, I really, I, I really, um, I haven't been doing much else because, like we say, we, we're recording this pretty swiftly after uh, after the last one. So, yeah, I have been making the podcast. That's been nice. Um, anything else? Well, I'm continuing to digitize my uh, physical media into uh, into um, well into digital media. I'm up to the S's in my CD collection. Oh, my God. So previously, you'd spoken about your HD DVD collection. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. And Blu-rays. Are they all done now? No, 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 no. I, I just... Are you doing them all, including CDs, all in alphabetical order? Uh, no, I just uh, have a, a very short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> You've moved to CDs, okay. You're on S. I've moved back to CDs. This, this... <laughs> I'm a big fan of the CD, by the way. It's probably my second favourite musical medium after cassettes. <laughs> but you're up to S. Yeah. And how far through S? S is probably, the, I'm suspecting, is the biggest one. It's a mammoth. There's a lot in S. <sighs> I can think of, uh, you know, four bands instantly. Yeah, upwards of. <laughs> upwards of four. It almost gets a double figure. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's what I've been doing. You know, it's not that interesting. I don't think we should dwell on it. Um, okay, should we start talking a little bit about Lord of the Rings, the card game? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because Sorry, before, but, but, but still, we're not actually going to get into the show. <laughs> don't be fooled. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, because before we do, I want to... Uh, because it's very fresh in my mind, I want to mention something from the previous show, not just the uh, audio quality. There was there was one point. Now the I'm going to be very careful not to spoil anything in case yeah, people without being spoilery. Yeah, I'm going to be very careful not to spoil anything in case people didn't listen to it because they hadn't come to the quest yet. But do bear in mind there are probably some very 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 minor spoilers for how the quest is constructed for. A journey to Roscobel in the next couple of minutes, but I promise I won't spoil anything to do with the actual plot. Um, but we had a discussion about how you felt you had almost won the game and then you had lost it, and then we had a good laugh about that because, and basically, it comes down to the rule that as soon as you put progress tokens on a quest card, that quest card is completed, and then at that point you hadn't reached the uh, requirements to complete the quest, so therefore you failed. Um, and that's true. I mean, we stand by that. That's absolutely correct. But I think it's quite a good one for new players, just for me to revisit this for a second, because when I heard this back, I was thinking, well, actually, you could have sort of potentially chalked this down as a, as a win. I mean, if you had physically put the tokens on the card and you were playing by the letter of the law then yeah, absolutely, we were correct. You lost. You fool. <laughs> However, what I do want to just point out is, well, if you haven't listened to it, basically, M had needed to do something, <laughs> really desperate not to spoil anything, he had to do something with his characters before completing... I needed an action window. Yeah, you needed an action window, basically. And yeah. you placed the tokens on the quest card, therefore completing the quest, and therefore failing the quest. However, what I wanted to point out was that after questing, which is when this happened, of course, because you're questing to put the progress tokens on, 
there is an action window before you add up your willpower and compare it to the amount of threat. So in theory, you could have beaten it there and then because at that point you could have gone, oh, I'm going to quest successfully. Therefore, I can perform that action to claim the objectives. That's the minor spoiler. And therefore place the progression tokens on after claiming the objectives and therefore winning the game. So that would equate to... And by the way, bearing that in mind, I'm chalking that as a win now, officially. (laughs) Uh, So would that effectively then be the same window where you perhaps might use, say, Faramir's ability? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At that point when you want to sort of affect your questing or anything like that, where you'd want to play some actions... um, so yeah, you've committed characters to the quest and then you reveal the cards from the encounter deck and then there is, you're meant to do it before you add anything up but let's face it, you're adding up the willpower versus the threat and then you're going, okay, do I need to add any willpower? You're here? adding up before. <laughs> yeah, really you are. I mean, yeah, that's a bit of an unreasonable ask. I think. <laughs> it's technically, it's before you compare your willpower to threat. So you go, well, I've, I've counted the threats, I've counted my willpower, but I'm not going to compare them. No mental arithmetic allowed. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a big ask, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm requested for 10, and there is seven threats up there, but I must not figure out that that's a gain of three. <laughs> I must not do that. I must wait. <laughs> then decide to do an action, and then I'll compare it. <laughs> it's a big ask <laughs> yeah so i mean like i say we were correct like as soon as those progression tokens hit that quest card and you complete it all yeah. progress stops and you must complete the quest and turn over the quest card and read whatever's on it so yeah you, you so you might chalk it up as a win but i certainly don't but the point is i could have just before i literally physically put those tokens on that card i could perform actions at that point play event cards or whatever i want right yeah, but but yeah, but you didn't, did you? Yeah, <laughs> a draw. <laughs> Once you start negotiating this position, you're you've lost, haven't you? <laughs> no, it is it is a loss at the end of the day. You know, I didn't wasn't aware of a rule properly enough, and um... yeah, but that's but that's the thing. You you were aware of that action window because you've done actions there before. You before, you yeah. have played Faramir there. Absolutely, you've played actions there before. You just didn't do the action of uh well to claim yeah. those objectives and um and therefore you lost yeah <laughs> yeah but there is a good lesson though because you just shouldn't treat things differently you know it's the same round every time regardless of what the quest is or what have you unless it's given you some very specific instructions that's different you know yeah so yeah that was, it's a good lesson and it's good that we all that you sort of discovered that afterwards actually yeah, I felt a bit guilty, actually, because I was editing it and I was having a good laugh as we were having a good laugh. And then I went, well, hang on. <laughs> the boy's an idiot. <laughs> but you already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't assume, just because I've been playing a while and I might sometimes sound like I know what I'm talking about on this podcast, but I, in fact, do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't, do not fall into that trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right well lessons learned for all of us then yeah yeah that's it <laughs> i was talking to myself then by the way. <laughs> um 
Okay, so this episode is a non-spoiler episode, which was one of the reasons why I was treading very carefully then, and that, that was quite painful, actually. But um, So we are going to be talking about some player cards, and we are going to be talking about all the spirit player cards from the first cycle, from the Shadows of Mirkwood cycle. So, well, not the heroes. We've already been over the heroes, so it will be it'll be all the allies' uh, attachments and events from Spirit, and uh, yeah, just giving your sort of general thoughts. And much like we said with the tactics ones, the sort of the reason behind doing this is because a lot of these cards do sort of join together. Tactics was because they were all eagle based, and it doesn't take long to see in Spirit that it's Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i was really surprised that that was the case <laughs> when i put these put these cards together and thought right, what we're going to be talking about in this episode and i put them all together and i came to that realization that every card spirit card in the cycle bar one mentions the word rohan on it somewhere i think you mean rohan <laughs> oh, thank, thank you john <laughs> that's I promise that'll be the like rawhide. Yes. That's basically every time <laughs> I see the word Rohan, I go, Rohan. And I was about to say that'll be the last time I do it. And then I did it one more time. That will be the last time I do it. Did they did they have wagons? <laughs> and they probably should have had wagons. Did they have wagons when they were traveling to Helm's Deep and oh. all that? They must have had wagons, right? They must have. Maybe they didn't. Not enough wagons. That's something that, you know, they're horse masters at the end of the day. They probably had. They must have had wagons because even 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 the hobbits had wagons. Yeah, because like we talked about, Glaven wasn't just carrying that instrument. No, he was walking. Remember, he was. That's what we decided in the end. <laughs> yeah, right at the back, <laughs> yeah, out of earshot. Yeah, bit, bit, bit further back, Lewin. Bit more, bit more. But it's, it's dangerous. <laughs> You'll be all right, mate. Yeah, no living creatures coming anywhere near you while you're playing that. <laughs> Sing him a song. Um, okay, so should we just dive straight in? Uh, I say straight in. <laughs> I guess it's, is it worth saying from this point that one thing I've tried to do, and I won't, I won't say too much, but you know, there are things like, well, like last week, for instance, Eagles, or a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about Eagles. A um, couple of weeks? couple of weeks? A couple of episodes ago, <laughs> we spoke about eagles, and then I hadn't really explored eagles, as in putting a full deck together and really seeing, I guess. And then I came to a realization. I was actually really excited about this episode. So I thought, yes, spirit cards, they're the ones I know the best. They've always kind of, some weird way, been my favorite sphere. So it's going to be water off a duck's back. I'm going to love all this. And then I was really shocked when I looked through these cards and thought, there's loads in here. I've barely <laughs> ever played, if at all. And, and what it is, I've realised that I'd never gone back and done a Rohan kind of deck, if you like. Which was, which was, yeah. But so that was a bit of a surprise when I, when I looked. At <laughs> I've always going to be all my favourite cards in there. <laughs> Have you actually played this game? <laughs> Look, I've been winging it for ten. I've done a pretty good job, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, so I have used some of these cards but not all of them and uh, most of them not in that much depth well actually I think that's fair because I've also used quite a few of these cards and some of them there are a couple of real favourites in there actually but I also must admit I've never built a 
dedicated Rohan deck, and I've certainly never put all of these cards together and gone, well, that's the game solved. <laughs> I think there might be one or two quests where this could be a really good thing to do, though. So again, like I did with the Eagles one, I'm definitely going to try that with these at some point. Well, I suppose we better start looking at some of them. Um, okay, well, let's start with the allies. I think that's always a, a nice place to start. And we have two unique named allies in here. Now, one I remember very clearly from the books. One I have very, very little recollection of. So let's start. We'll start with the one I remember. And that's Aemond. Now, Aemond is... Oh, by the way, Aemond from the books, he is Eowyn's father. So therefore, he was married to King Theoden's sister. See, I, no, see, I, I say I remember him clearly from the book, and now I'm struggling. Yeah, he's married to King Theoden's sister. He is definitely the father of Eowyn and Aemond. And he's a real Rohan hero in the books. I mean, I do remember that much. Yeah. So, Aemond. He is a unique ally. He's Rohan. He has a cost of three. He has willpower for two. He hits for one. He has one defense and two hit points. So, he's not that pricey. And I think probably his stats sort of seem pretty reasonable. He's a bit weak, perhaps. Um, he's Rohan. And he has a response. Says, after Eomund leaves play, ready all Rohan characters in play. Hmm. Now, now I'm wondering if we should have come to him later, because we haven't spoken about any other Rohan characters. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've spoken about a couple of Rohan heroes before, haven't we? From the core set. Yeah, Eowyn, of course. And, and Dune here. Oh, Dune here, sorry. Isn't Theodred? And Theodred. Yeah, Theodred. Yeah, of there course. There you go. So you got three of them. That's three of them. So, yeah. Okay, so that's pretty good. So you could that's actually, if you played an Eowyn done here and Theodred, that, yeah, well, there okay. You there you go. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I've three quarters constructed my next deck, haven't I? <laughs> so you know your heroes and one named yeah. ally. You're done. Correct. No, but that that is yeah. quite powerful, isn't it? If you did happen to manage to build an Eowyn done here and Theodred deck, and then uh, what, what was the stipulation with... Aemond, he... After Aemond leaves play. Leaves play. Yeah, ready all Rohan characters. So you can imagine sneak attack could be pretty exceptional with him. Yeah. That's one. Or if, if you know, if you're towards the end of a quest and you've got a whole bunch of people out there, loads of Rohan characters, allies, he could take one for the team, couldn't he? Yeah, but he's also not that expensive. So if you did have three of them in your yeah. deck, I mean, you could you could only have one on the table at once, but if you had three in your deck, you could just let him get killed. And just ready your guys. I mean, I don't know if that's particularly economic. I'm trying to think what other... Um... Oh, it depends on the situation, doesn't it? I mean, I can definitely see uses for this guy. I'm trying to think about... The... There are more... There is more Rohan in the core set. We have... Well, Glaywin. We've spoken about Glaywin. But then, yeah, Glaywin's in law. So I don't know if that really, really helps you. But Glaywin's effect was exhaust Glaywin to draw a card. Correct, yeah. So hang on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you're all excited. You're all ears now. <laughs> so you could exhaust Glowin, draw a card, somehow get um, Aemond out of play, ready Glowin, exhaust him again to draw another card, as well as readying everyone else, of course. Oh, I see. I like the way your mind instantly goes because I was wondering where you were going with that. It was just purely to get as many cards as possible. <laughs> One more card. 
for a mere cost of three. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, so if you look at this guy, I mean, so he he quests for two and he's, I guess, fairly average in attack and defense and only got two points. But the thing that comes into my head straight away is have him defend first. If you've quested a whole bunch of people and you're suddenly in a bit of bother in a battle, especially towards the end of the quest, perhaps. Yeah. And, you know, then you can... Yeah, sacrifice him for the greater good. But actually, that reminds me, I think, isn't Snowborn Scout is also Rohan, isn't he? Yes. And he's he's leadership. Because none came from Snowborn. But yes, but if you did have um, Fairdred in there as well, yeah, then, you know, he's leadership, so you can get your Snowborn Scout involved. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that works too. Oof. Yeah, yeah, good. Who knew? What are you going to do when you're ready for Snowball Scout? <laughs> what are you going to defend after he's done nothing? Because <laughs> he can't quest either. <laughs> Unless you had a Faramir. You, yeah, why is he exhausted? Why is the Snowball Scout exhausted? Yeah, exactly. The only time he'll be exhausted is if you... There was, was a situation which I mentioned weeks ago. which I've, One use for him is if you have Faramir, he can quest for one. So it's just one more to whack in. Or he's a sacrifice, basically. That's what it is, isn't it? With the Snowball Scout. Yeah. Well, Snowball Scout has one shield, so you can always sort of defend. That's if, true. if you happen to be up against some uh, Black Forest Battos or, um, <laughs> or, or or something along those lines, you could potentially... Uh... Oh, actually, I think they hit for two, don't they? Oh, I can't remember. There are some enemies that hit for one, though. It was a week ago. <laughs> 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 we've moved on john we've moved on no but there yeah there are some bats and some birds that do only uh peck and bite respectively for one so um yeah you could defend a snowball scout in the hope that he might survive yeah this is a strange use for aemond that you go well if i can keep my snowball scout alive and then kill aemond <laughs> I can get another use out of the Snowball Scout. Yeah, forget that, listener. That no. is rubbish. Do not follow that advice. Yeah. No, I think the only situation would be is if you happen to have Faramir or something like that and you quest the Snowball Scout, then you can use him as a defender just to get whacked yeah. instead of somebody else, basically. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, short notes on the, on the artwork here. Okay. It's... Uh, I very much like the artwork. He looks like a serious guy, doesn't he? He's a serious guy, Eamond. Look at him. He's not messing around. He's not messing. He's very Rohan. Yeah, he's quite intense, isn't he? I mean, but he's yeah. he's seen it all. Yeah, but he's a guy you want on your side. Well, yeah. When things get tough, you know, serious times, you need serious guys. Serious guy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when, when Eamond carks it because obviously... All of these characters die. I, it, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll edge my bets and say uh, the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. You know what? I was, tr- I was trying to remember. I was, I was trying to. I, I remember his name from the books. Actually, don't, no. But was he? Or I couldn't remember much about him. Was he not already dead? Weren't they orphans? Because, because Fairden should have loved. Eowyn like a like a father, because he Eamon was already dead, right? Wasn't he? I thought. Is that why when he leaves play, we ready all? Is that the theme? <gasps> oh, 
Oh my god, that's so good. If it's true, I mean, we we might be making it up. We might. <laughs> it's rewritten. <laughs> Hang on, there's a bit of flavour text on the card. Hang on. It says, "You." It's sorry. The reason I'm stumbling is because it's a very strange beginning to a sentence. You, I have not. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you, you. I have not seen before, for you are young, but I have spoken with Aemond, your father, Aragorn, the two towns. Ah, uh, hold on. Aragorn's old, and she—that's the bit where she's surprised how old he is. Yes, he was already dead. He was already dead. He died when they were children. Aemond died when Aomer and Eowyn were children. I can't remember their mother, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. Well, the mother is Theodred's, sorry, Theoden's wife, but... Sis- sister. Sister, sorry, sister. That'd be weird. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Royal family, see? Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> yeah but then, so in that, in, in that respect, yeah, sort of like that sort of ghostly and uh, and very sort of, stern and serious artwork really does work well especially and with the response the only thing which doesn't really work well is that he's alive now come on leap of the imagination (laughs) didn't you say that this game takes place essentially in between the hobbit and lord of rings uh right at the beginning yes well it does yeah but it, it takes place between bilbo leaving the shire and frodo leaving the shire in those, whatever it is, 17 years or whatever it is. So, in between the beginning of The Hobbit and the beginning of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, no. When uh, Bilbo leaves the Shire in Lord of the Rings. Ah. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. How long is that gap, actually? I, I can't... It's quite a long time. It's, it's years. Yeah. I think it's like 17 years or something. I mean, in the right. film, it's, it's 20 to 30 seconds. Yeah. No, no, but you get the impression it's a long time, though, because he hasn't seen... Yeah, 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 you know it. Yeah, um, Bilbo's much older, isn't he? When he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, then... but that, but then he doesn't have the ring. You know, the ring is keeping yeah. him young. That's true. Um, but yeah, regardless of that, though, Eowyn is in this game, looking pretty, not a child. <laughs> <laughs> Were those two separate comments? Or <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, little leap of the imagination required. No, that's John. fine. It's fine. It's fine. But actually, we still can't confirm that he is indeed dead. I mean, we're not actually looking this up, which we could do. I mean, we have access yeah, we, to, uh, we probably to resources, should. but I think it's best just to keep speculating. Like the internet, which would take about 10 seconds to do. But no, let's go from our All right, I'm do- terrible memory. I'm pretty sure. I I think he's he's carked it. That's what I recall. Anyway, Emmond. He gets an endorsement from me until I actually start using him in a quest and then I'll... <laughs> okay, shall we move on to... I've, no, no, we shall, we shall not because you inspired oh. me to look it up. Oh, you have you have, you have used the wonderful internet. <laughs> I've used it and it's, uh, it's amazing what you can find. Right. Um, it says he was a valiant captain and I'll second that. Aemond <laughs> was often away defending the East Mark against a growing threat of thieving orcs coming east from Mordor. It was said that he was also reckless, often riding against the enemy with few men. In the year Third Age 3002, he was slain, pursuing a band of orcs towards Emin Mule. Mm. How about that? How about that? Aemond was 11, Eowyn was 7. There you go. 
I mean, it, it goes on, but uh, that's all we need to know. There you go. There we are. Okay, so he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, to bring it full circle, thematically, that actually does work really well. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. So, so good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, we better move on. That's one card done. <laughs> Shall we move on to Elf Hell? Yep, let's do it. And this should be easier because I I know the name, but I couldn't even speculate about really what he does. He's a rider of the mark, I'd imagine. Wasn't Elf Helm like Theoden's... Who was the one? It was Gambling. Yeah. Oh, I love Gambling. Was he... Yeah, Gambling's a legend. Solid. <laughs> but who was the other guy who got killed by the... Your favourites, the Wargs. The Wargs. <laughs> That narrows it down. Uh, okay, so he basically, the guy who gambling took his role from, basically his, what do you call him? Not his butler. <laughs> his his, his steward. His hand. His hand. hand. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Don't. We're not going there. <laughs> it was a different time. It was, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Like, let, let's, let's read out. So, Elfhelm costs four. He quests for one. Hits for two, two shield, three hit points. Rohan Warrior. And his action is, while Elfhelm is ready, he gains response. After your threat is raised, as a result of questing unsuccessfully or by an encounter or quest card effect, reduce your threat by one. So that straight away tells you, even though he's got pretty good numbers, so he's useful all round of this guy, He's obviously a good guy to well, make sure you, if you're struggling to quest or what have you, or, or if you just want to have him in the background constantly, um, you know, it's going to make a significant difference, isn't it? To, yeah. to If you're doing a quest where you have a lot of treacheries, which might raise your threat or something like that, that could be really invaluable. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really played him. I, I mean, I know you always have this thing saying that when it's just one, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't discount it. It's really a tricky one for me because I try not to quest unsuccessfully, but it's not that's the bit I shouldn't get hung up on. It's the uh, it's the encounters or quest card effects that do it. You know, it's it's those occasional treacheries that are doomed, for instance. Yeah, well there you go. Yeah. Minus one of every doomed yeah. with that guy. I mean that's pretty powerful. That is pretty tasty because he's not that great a quester, so it's not a problem to keep him ready. Yeah. So there you go. He must be the uh the hand or the steward or whatever he is well, well there's a particular word which i can't remember for it but the guy who basically takes care of the king so he's always fair ready that's true yeah but I, i'm just thinking so this one so i'm because our spirit hero in this cycle is frodo and when he's damaged you can raise your threat instead but this wouldn't work with him because as your threat is raised but as a result of questing unsuccessfully or by the encounter of quest card effects reduce your threat. No, no. So that yeah. that means your threat is increasing because of something you're doing purposefully by your... Uh, That's a hero card yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so it's, it has to be done to you. You can't choose to do it. Anytime you choose to put your own threat up, you can't use this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not completely convinced. It's that extra point of cost. 
Are there, what mean, do you mean? Sorry. Well, he's he's four. And that to me is that is that's breaking the barrier. You know, I'm just comparing him to Eamon there. Eamon bar- did- Hold on, your barrier's gone down from five to four. No, okay, my barrier <laughs> my barrier is always five. My barrier is definitely five. No, but it's it's that it's that difference between Eamon and Elfhelm there. If I had to choose one named character to put into my deck, it would be Eamon, I think. Although he's a pretty handy defender. Yeah, and attacker. Defense for two, yeah, and attacker. Defense for two and, and three hit points. So yep. you would have him ready during the quest, during the yeah, quest maybe, phase. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah, he's the sort of guy. I think I probably maybe put one or two in my deck. I wouldn't put three. He's one which is our class as nice to have rather than need to have. Yeah, I guess it depends on the quest, doesn't it? If you've got a quest which does have a lot of doomed, does have a lot of treachery, which might increase your threat directly it could be you know invaluable um but i think it really depends on 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 the quest itself doesn't it yeah but would you rather have three of these guys in your deck i know the number of cards in your deck is <laughs> is immaterial to you but um uh, well, that depends that depends too <laughs> would you rather have three of these guys in your deck costing four or would you rather have three gladium greeting in your deck, which costs three, and they reduce your threat by, uh, what is it, six? The answer is clearly both. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what? I can't comment too much because I have, I'm, obviously, this is just thinking through potential scenarios. Um, and I haven't, you know, really utilized these guys properly in the deck, which I will do before the next episode. So I will say, I'm going to put three elf helms in my deck. How about that? And then we'll see next time how that went through. <laughs> see if it went as well as the eagles. <laughs> okay. Triple okay. elf helm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing, right. Okay. Actually, in all seriousness, because it's often a bit of a, uh, a toss up when it comes to putting like the amount of named characters or unique characters or unique cards in general into your deck because you could be just stuck with them in your hand yeah that's true but actually playing out a spirit deck at this stage in the game more likely than not you're going to have aowen on the exactly table. yeah so that does mean that you are always going to have the opportunity to discard cards to boost her willpower so it's it's less of a concern i think Okay. Yep. All right. We'll we'll put we'll put three of them in. We'll put three of them in. Well, it's it's just for like yeah. It's just for the likelihood of getting him, isn't it? Rather than you're not going to probably won't play maximum maximum will be twice. Yeah. Probably once or none. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it is it is likelihood of drawing for sure. That's why I always like to have three cards of you know three of every card in. But of course, if you're only drawing one a go and you keep on hitting Alfhelm, ugh, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing worse. <laughs> not for him specifically that sounds a little cruel <laughs> what is worse actually is when the rider's hair is perfectly dry but his poor horse is sodden <laughs> He's, he, he must be wearing his helm I guess and that's yeah. why I don't know if that I think that's product <laughs> what for the horse yeah just for horse. These are very, <laughs> very proud horses. Well groomed. This is Rohan. This is Rohan. Horse masters. <laughs> the horses are uh, 
Well, they're, they're half the job. Well, actually, tell you what, then. Let's jump to another ally. Let's jump to a horse to, to prove my point. Um, let's jump to the Riddermark's finest. Oh, I like these guys. Yeah. This is one I have used quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an ally, a creature. Creature. Well, it doesn't actually say horse, but there is a picture of what two horses on there, so I'm guessing it's a horse. Well, you're hoping that the Riddermark's finest wouldn't be like a goat. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah, or but you know it could be a worm. It could be a worm that you can't quite see. I mean, it's on the grass there. That's true. <laughs> they do look like very fine horses, though. They it do. Must be said. They do. Look at that. They're the finest. Okay, the Riddermark's finest. They are a creature. They are Rohan, and they cost two. They quest for one. They hit for one. Yeah. Uh, they have no defense. And two hit points. And they have an action. Exhaust and discard the Riddermark's finest to place two progress tokens on any location. Okay, now this is pretty tasty. I mean, because they quest for one, but you could just immediately pay you to... Like, if you wanted just to clear a location immediately before you do any questing or anything like that, you could just get these guys out and then just immediately exhaust and discard get that location either out of the staging area or out of your active location and then you you don't even have to worry about it but then if you didn't have to do that yet you could still get them out there's you know one extra point of questing each round is not it's not uh there's nothing to be uh nothing to be sniffed at so yeah i like these guys yeah and even their attack of one can come in handy sometimes too oh it's an extra point of attack that's an extra point of attack, yeah. But yeah, like you say, I think there are certain situations and certain quests where, yeah, having that ability is just, yeah, it's a godsend, isn't it? Just get, so, get a, like you say, get an exp- a location explored just straight off the bat. It can be a lifesaver, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, these guys often get a run out in, uh, in my days. That's one that I have used quite a few times. And it's a brilliantly cheeky card from the designers here as well that you have to exhaust and discard it. So you can't just quest with them yeah, and then go... And then use I it. didn't quite get through <laughs> that location. I will now discard it. You have to yeah. have kept them ready at that beforehand and then uh, and then do it. So uh, That is, you're sending them off to that location to oust whatever is in there, aren't you? Yeah. But then that's it. They've gone. Yeah. Horses have run home. Weirdly, to explore <laughs> it. <laughs> and then go home. And then go home. It's like, yeah, they didn't come back. Oh, I suppose you better go there anyway, then. But you're right, yeah. No, I, These are the Riddermark's finest. They're you know. the finest. They're, they're, they'll do their bit, and then they'll go. You know, they're not going to... They're not workhorses. <laughs> <laughs> That's the finest. But why would you get rid of them if they're your finest? Well, you, you'll use them again. <laughs> uh, these are really good. And they cost two, so not mega expensive. Yeah, great, great, no, great card. They're terrific, they're terrific. And as as they are creatures, by the way, you could use uh, Radagast to pay for them. I mean, that's just an aside because Radagast is, is still fresh in my mind, but I find it unlikely that you'd be playing Radagast. But if you did... Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Use his resources. Okay, so who have we got next? Shall we stay on the horse theme? Well, is this, well they're all going to be horse theme. Rohan, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's do no that. No more goats. I know. <laughs> Stick on the horses. You've got totally left field. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, shall we carry on with the allies? Yeah. As long as it's horse themed. 
Uh, yeah, well, there's three more allies, and they all feature horses. And um, <laughs> let's go for the most horse themed, and that is the Westfold Horsebreaker. It actually mentions horses. The word horse. Yeah, exactly. So this has got a cost of two, quest for one, no attack, one shield, one hit point. Got an action, discard Westfold Horsebreaker to choose and ready a hero. So this one, it does exactly what it says on the tin, obviously. It just only costs two, so you can get them out fairly quickly. Well, only quest for one, and that's generally what I'll use it for. But you don't have to exhaust this time to do the action. So if you're really desperate and you're in a sticky situation and you need to have someone else to defend or to attack, whatever it is, then, yeah, that's a situation which you can just discard, discard and, and ready that hero. So, again, it's not one I've used lots, but it has come in handy on a few occasions that it's been used. Yeah. Would it be worth then quickly jumping to one of the events which might link into this a little bit? Yeah, do it. And that is Astonishing Speed, which costs three. And that's simply action until the end of the phase, all Rohan characters get plus two willpower. So something like that, for instance, you know, you've got that event, then this Westfold Horsebreaker can quest for free. Otherwise, it can always be questing for one. Um, uh, but, you know, I think it's definitely got its um, got its uses, this card. I think it's, it's worth the two. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not it's, it's, it's not an event I've played much because, I mean, it's it's pretty powerful if you really, really need to quest a lot. But it's quite expensive, that. I mean, it, it's weird. Because I, I think it's because I've not really put together a, a pure Rohan deck that I've not really looked at it because it's like it's all Rohan characters and you go, well, yeah, I've only got a couple. But actually, yeah, if, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer to put in if you are building a dedicated Rohan deck for sure. Oh, gotcha. I mean, well, if you think about Faramir, how good Faramir's ability is, and that's plus one. If you've got a whole bunch of Rohan, this is plus two on everybody. Um, but the real thing about mentioning that now was just really in regards to that Westfold Horsebreaker. In fact, it goes for for all of these guys, to, to be honest. But, but especially this Westfold Horsebreaker hasn't got great stats, only quest for one. But, you know, something like this can beef it up. Or, or whatever so if just for the cost of two then you've also got the ability to ready a hero um you don't even have to exhaust westfold horsebreaker to do it i think that's a pretty useful card yeah but you, oh, do, have, you do have to discard him there's a lot of discarding there's a lot of well not necessarily discarding there is discarding and there's leaving play so i mean i guess that thematically it's great you know it's these horses are, are riding in and out it's a bit like the eagles in its own way but you have to sort of work out which ones you can discard, which ones you have to sort of let die. Um, I don't know. It's because I've not really done a, a committed Rohan deck, like I say, that I haven't quite worked out yet how well they work together. I think we just have to put them together before our next uh, before our next quest and, and sort of see how they play. But I mean, I can see the potential for sure. I just uh, I'm struggling just for a minute of seeing how they pop in and out. I guess it's down to the you know it only costs two, so if you've got three of these in your hand. And you've got at least two spirit heroes. Or if you do go with that Rohan kind of hero set we spoke about earlier, uh, we're probably going to end up with two very similar decks. I think so. <laughs> Mine will be about 74 cards. Yours will be 50 exactly. <laughs> but we'll still, we'll still have very different experiences. <laughs> you mean you didn't play the Eagles as well? <laughs> 
Um, okay, so we have well a couple more allies here. We have the escort from Edoras. He's Rohan, no surprise. He costs two. He quests for two. He has zero attack, zero defense, and one hit point. He is pretty weak. He is just a guy on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, And he has this effect. It says, while committed to a quest, escort from Edoras gets plus two willpower. Oh boy, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, so questing for four all of a sudden. Yeah, that's terrific. And then it says, Forced, after resolving a quest to which Escort of Edoras was committed, discard Escort of Edoras from play. So once again, another card leaving play. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the reasons why uh, cards like the Horde of Gondor were errated, where that used to be when a card leaves play, you gain a resource, and that got changed to when a character is destroyed, you gain a resource, because... Otherwise, all these guys just popping in and out. Eagles, Rohan. It's like, I'm rich! <laughs> I guess these guys don't pop in and out as much as eagles. No, they, they just, just, pop, they just pop, pop out. out. <laughs> they just pop out. <laughs> just popping out. Um. <laughs> Where have they gone? <laughs> Shall I read the last ally? Well, yeah, but what do we think about this guy? I mean, uh, well, I mean, it's not that much to say. I mean, he's excellent if you need a real big boost of questing. I mean, but you put him in. Yeah. But what else are you going to do with him, really? He's kind of like a one-off booster, isn't he? Because it's, it's he's almost... But this is where it gets difficult, because is he better as an ally, or is it better just to have sort of attachments and effects that boost your willpower? Because you can put this guy in, he'll quest for four once... And then he's gone because you can't defend with him and you can't attack with him. Yeah, I think you want to put him in. Uh, it's it's almost like an event, really, isn't it? But you, you want to put him in on a go in which you want to quest through something, I guess, and then just bl- use his ability and blast through it. Yeah. I imagine. I mean, maybe there is something else I'm kind of not thinking of there. But Well, the only thing I can think of is he's pretty cheap, so you could just use him as fodder if you knew you had a real nasty enemy out there. Yeah. You could just go, okay, fine. If you had astonishing speed as well, that guy's questing for six. There is something we definitely don't have on this podcast, and that's astonishing speed. <laughs> no, I think we do. It is <laughs> astonishing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so... <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we have one more ally to go. And this is the West Road Traveller. She has a cost of two, quest for two, again, doesn't hit for anything and no shield and only one hit point. So actually exactly the same stats as the escort from Edoras. And it has a response. After you play West Road Traveller from your hand, switch the active location with any other location in the staging area. Now, I haven't played this one that much, but just See, this reading like. at this now. Yeah, there is so much you can do with this. I think probably... The first time I played through this cycle, I was, yeah, obviously I've still got so much to learn now, but I was had a really basic understanding of the game, I think, then. Uh, so I probably didn't think too much of this, well, you're just swapping out a location. But actually, I think knowing now what I know about the game, I can see loads of situations where that would be useful. 
well, straight off the bat, is anything that's got a uh, a nasty travel um, effect, <laughs> you know, anything that makes you raise your threat or lose your cards or whatever, you know, you just bypass that immediately. Yeah, so that's one thing straight off the bat. Another one that comes into my mind straight away is you've got free progress on a location that needs five as your active location, but you've got one with a threat of four or whatever sitting in the staging area. You can swap them out. You can use things like Northern Trackers or what have you to get through that quest. You know, it just allows for that manipulation of the locations. Yeah. So there'll be loads of loads of situations where you could use this. So that's a one-off response after it's played from your hand. Yeah. So you can you could always do a sneak attack with that as well. Is that right? After you play, no, it's not. Is it? It's not put in. Put into play. I just I get confused with yeah, the no, but this, this is the confusing one. So this you have to play it from your hand. So um, yeah. you actually play sneak attack, and you sneak attack says that you put it into play. So no. So this is only at the beginning of the round when you play play that card. Yeah, that's the only time where you're allowed to use that response, and it's one off. Yeah. So just to confirm that, so sneak attack says put one ally card into play from your hand blah 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 um so you couldn't do this with the west road traveler but nor nor would you want to to be honest because why wouldn't you just pay to to play it yeah um i guess the difference between this and escort from edras is this west road traveler can then quest for two every single go yeah that's handy subsequently it's really good yeah yeah she's great i mean i don't know if they're all she's but the picture is a she a filly (laughs) Yeah, and the uh, Rohan riding the filly is also a lady. <laughs> is that a lady horse? It's a filly. It's a filly. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah, I, I love the artwork on this one as well. They kind of like purple mountains, which kind of match the sort of purple shades that she's wearing there. That's very well put together. I love it. She's d- d- dressed for the season. There you go. She's. Setting the standard for Rohan. Come on, people. Smarten up. Yeah. <laughs> Start to rival Gondor and such things. I Ooh. mean, you've got a long way to go before you're matching the elves, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Well done, West Road Traveller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do like the artwork on that one. Yeah. Okay, that was the last ally. Okay, well, we're, we're really flying through this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well we uh well we have a few attachments and a few events, nothing uh nothing too crazy. But actually we have one of my favourite and most used attachments, so I think we're just gonna Ooh. jump straight onto that. This is gonna be my one too. Oh, okay. No squabbling children. This is gonna be well, I'll I'll let you read it out because it it must be this one because it's the only thing that will get you this excited. <laughs> well, it's a strange thing to be excited by, so I hope I I hope it's the same one, otherwise it's gonna be a little embarrassing. Okay, it's an attachment, and it's called the Ancient Mathem. That's the one. Oh, thank goodness. It's the only one, it's the only card we're looking at today which does not mention Rohan. But it does Ooh. mention Mathom. <laughs> Still don't know what it is. No. But it's Mathom. And this is an ancient <laughs> version of that. <laughs> only costs one. Oh, what a beautiful price. And it states, attached to a location. And it has a response. After attached location is explored, the first player draws three cards. 
I mean, everyone knows that I love to draw cards, but in all seriousness, there isn't much card draw in spirit, if any, in fact, until this I think this is it, isn't it? Up to this point. Yeah. So this is a a godsend. If you like drawing cards and you like playing spirit, and I like both of those things, or three of these in every deck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the great thing about it is, again, if you think about in conjunction with something like Westroad Traveller or something like the Northern Trackers or the um, Lorian Guides, etc., you can, and it only costs one, this is really easy at the start of each round to manipulate and you can get those cards quite quickly depending on on the scenario and the quest, of course. But yeah, this is yeah such a useful card. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I pretty much get three of these and pretty much any spirit deck I'm putting together, if it's mainly spirit anyway, that is. Yeah, just a a terrific card. It's a go-to. It's a go-to. And I like the look of that math on. Yeah. I must look up what math on is. Is that a real word or is that like a Lord of the Rings word? I have no idea. But I do love the fact that the card we got most excited about, we got all these cards with these beautiful horses and and the Rohan, which are such such a, a strong race of beautiful men and beautiful women. And uh, we've both got very, we've got very excited (laughs) about an old sack. (laughs) I'm not sure your description of Rohan men and women was quite correct. You'll see more cheered in a graveyard or something. (laughs) No, the the Rohan they they're uh, they're a uh, a noble, proud, beautiful race. Are they not? The long blonde hair, men and the women. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you okay. You know, it's all about. So basically, so the it's horses for courses, quite literally, (laughs) quite literally. (laughs) They're going to be more into their heavier stuff, aren't they? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I think they're rock. They're rocking out a bit more. Maybe that's why I like them. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) if you're going to find someone in Middle Earth wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt. It's going to be somebody in Rohan, I suspect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, great, great card. That it's a bit of a staple, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's that's that one. I don't think there's much more to say about that. We both love it, and if you're playing Rohan and there are locations, put it in your deck. If you're playing Spirit, <sighs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm the pedantic one, right? <laughs> Actually, I am. I don't tend to be that pedantic. However, I have called you up on that and your use of the a or neither of those things when it comes to the quests. <laughs> You've got to have a hobby. I do, and here's one which you can potentially get wrong as well. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the other attachment in this set. And it's called Nora Meyer Stranger. That's got all kinds of potential to get that name wrong. Nor, 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 I am stranger. (laughs) Not a stranger I am. Means the same thing. I am Nora Stranger. (laughs) We we could do this all day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you read it out? Yeah, I thought you were going to say one anyway. Okay. No. <laughs> I, I was tempted, but no. Yes. This is a cost of one. It's very simple. It's a title. Mm-hmm. And your title will be Nora Meyer Stranger. <laughs> Attached to a character. Very simply, 
attached character gains the Rohan trait. So uh, I think we'll speak about a couple more in a second, but for example, Astonishing Speed, which we spoke about earlier, which affects all Rohan characters. If you've got any other character which you want to also give Rohan trait, this is how you do it. Only cost of one, and it can be part of the crew. Well, Ehrmund, that we talked about right back at the beginning, a mere two days ago, <laughs> we yeah. mentioned Ehrmund. And when he leaves play, are you ready all Rohan characters in, in play? So, there you uh, go, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're feeling really rich, you could play out Gandalf at the beginning, chuck on Nora My Stranger, <laughs> double Gandalf. <laughs> My brain is ticking now. <laughs> I've never, you know what? No, there was one time. I'm trying to think if I've ever played an attachment on Gandalf. And I did once because I had to, but it still didn't work. I, I once used an unexpected courage on Gandalf because it was right near the end of the game and I needed him to do two things to buy me a possibility of winning. But I didn't win. Well, I didn't win. <laughs> oh. But but that was the only time I've done it. But yeah, that's smart, isn't it? I mean, you could. Yeah, ah, but this, that's the game, isn't it? This was so good about this game. You can, if depending on the situation, you can think things through and manipulate it. And if something like that comes off, oh, it feels great. Oh, it's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> we've only we've only got three to go. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to pick a pick an event? Sure. Uh, or, well, we've done we've done astonishing speed. Um, yeah. Although I still don't think I'm going to play it. But, or maybe I will. Yeah. No, I'm going to I'm going to them <gasps> together. Oh, you must. <laughs> you simply must. <laughs> um, okay. I tell you what. I'm going to pick one. I'm not not even reading really reading this through. I'm going to pick one purely for its cost because you know it's going to get my back up. Oh no. I hadn't noticed that. We got the Gandalf cost. We do. Dun, so dun, there's, dun. A, there's an event. <laughs> an event that costs five. Uh, ironically named. <laughs> we do not sleep. <laughs> and you're not going to be able to no, sleep after no. this. <laughs> okay. So it's a spirit event and it has an action and it says, until the end of the phase, Rohan characters do not exhaust to commit to quests. That is powerful but pretty expensive all right no go I've, on convince me i've got a question before we talk about the power of this card i have a question which i may have asked before right escort from edras for example okay when committed to a quest escort from edras gets plus two willpower forced after resolving a quest to which escort from edras was committed yeah discard escort from Edras from play yeah now he will still count even if you don't exhaust to commit that escort from Edras will still be committed to the quest yes if you've decided to commit right yes yeah okay yeah. so it's nothing to do with whether no. they're exhausted or not no 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 yeah because the same was same was with Aragorn that if you Quested Varagon, you'd exhaust him, and then if you paid one resource from him to ready him, he's still committed to the quest, isn't he? You still count his willpower. He's just not exhausted. Right. Okay. Yeah. Worth clearing up. Well, I think this is a tremendous card, which I've never used. <laughs> Get out of town. This is going in the bin. Oh, go on. Go on. Sell it to me. Until the end of the phase, Rohan characters do not exhaust to commit to a quest. 
I mean, what if you need, if you, how many times you've been in a situation where you've got a big battle going on and you have to quest and it's just a nightmare to balance those things out. You can use your entire army of people to fight and still quest with all of them for a cost of five. So depending on the situation, again, obviously, you know, I wouldn't use it if you've got like one ally out there. <laughs> but, or, or maybe you would, you know, it depends on the situation. But that could be immensely powerful because you could, in one round, you could have a complete full-on battle and you could quest plunder through a quest hugely, both in one go. And that's why it's expensive. Yeah, You get to do two big things in one round. It's an end game card, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Or, yeah, or yeah, end game, both you're trying to win a game or you're about to die kind of thing. Yeah, you yeah. could. Yeah, yeah. yeah, both would be the end game. Wouldn't they? <laughs> well, hopefully not. In the... <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I think I when I build my Rohan deck, which is straight after this podcast. I will be putting one of these cards in. I'm completing a hat trick. <laughs> okay, and we'll see. <laughs> we will see if either of us actually play it. You know what's going to happen. You're going to have wished you put it in, and I'm going to have all three just sitting there. In my yeah, hand. yeah. Okay. Discard with Eowyn, discard for Eowyn, discard for Eowyn. I must say... I do, <laughs> I do, I do love the artwork on this. Oh, card. me too. No, the artwork's terrific. How I mean, good that's, is that? That's fantastic. Yeah, the yeah, inky sky at night. Look at that. Perfectly done. Oh yeah, beautiful artwork. Well done, whoever did that one. That's terrific. Uh, well, I, I mean, famously, horses are incredibly hard to uh, paint and draw. So uh, yeah, well done on all the artwork on all these cards. It's really terrific stuff. Yeah, must be said. That's uh, one thing that I probably don't quite mention enough is the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mental note. <laughs> I, I I have said it before, but it honestly is a really big part of this game for me. Oh yeah, no, it's terrific because also actually we didn't mention the artwork on Nora Maya Stranger, oh, which yeah, I actually also think is <laughs> yeah. terrific. I mean, I don't understand the relevance, but that that doesn't bother me. I mean, it's... well, you have a non-Rohan person. Getting welcomed into the fold there, haven't you? Oh, and that's Nora. <laughs> Nora, Maya Stranger. Nora, Nora Maya is her name, and she is not a stranger. Well, she is a stranger. Nora Maya Stranger. <laughs> um, doesn't look like a Nora, I've got to say. Yeah, but you don't know that when they're a baby. You don't go, oh, it's baby Nora. Yeah, but what if... Yeah. <laughs> who, who is that? Is that Aragorn? Who is it? Oh, well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because, uh, well, it makes sense as in Aragorn did get around. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's dark of hair. Yeah. He's got a sword yeah. and a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Ergo, it's Aragorn. <laughs> Oh, Tolkien is very upset with us right now. No, 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 no he's not. He understands. <laughs> he's got bigger fish to fry, John. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, okay, good God. We've gone back onto a card we've already done. So let's move forward to one of the last two events. Do you want to pick? I pick that one. I pick the, I pick the fiver. So uh, you can pick one of the other ones. Okay, I'm going to pick at random. Oh, okay. And what's come up? Ride to Ruin. I was about to say, though, just before you go into that card, if you're picking a card at random, 
as we often have to do as a, a treachery in this game, you will be picking the best possible card to discard. Yes. It's beyond a joke now how many times I've had to discard two cards and it's Sneak Attack and Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, or both your Gandalfs. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Because you go, well, I've got two Gandalfs, so at least it won't be both of those. Oh. <laughs> it, that is what happens. It's, it's, the odds are ridiculous against that happening, yet it seems to happen every time. When it comes to randomly discarding from your hand, how do you? I tend to just shuffle my hand. I shuffle my hand and then I... And I cut them and I take the top one and that's, that's what I do. Yeah, occasionally I shuffle them and then fan them and pretend I'm playing a little magic trick with myself. And I go, <laughs> I will magically find Gandalf and Gandalf. No, but that, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> no, 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 I don't actually say that. Like... <laughs> yeah, but in your mind you say that, don't you? <laughs> no, well, in my mind I'm going, what are the chances of being Gandalf again? Oh, well, typical. One, one in one. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I have actually said out loud typical on many an occasion when I've been discarding cards from my hand. And that is typical of you. Oh, and also the other words that come out are just quite simply, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, I thought we were going to have our first bleep no. on the podcast. <laughs> Episode 11, <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, there's been a couple of occasions, this happened the last time I played, where I've had to use a random number generator. I had to pick... There was one... And this is something we'll come to later. But basically, I had a whole bunch of allies out. And it said, choose one ally at random. <laughs> half of them are, like, exhausted. Half aren't. They've got different damage on them. So you, you can't pick up the cards and shuffle them or anything like that. So what do you do in that situation? I thought the only way to do is just had, I just numbered them. I had like 12 out or something. I had to number had them. To, which quest is and then that? Use... I mean, perhaps we just need to talk about this off... Uh... It's, it's, from a, it's from a later quest. You have to pick an ally at random, which is yes. already on the table. It's from a later quest. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> anyway, um, we can talk about uh, different ways of generating randomness. <laughs> in, a, in, in a feature-length podcast. <laughs> the last thing we need to worry about is generating randomness. We've got that nailed. <laughs> we say earlier about George Lucas, I'll oh, just be natural. Right? Okay. Someone <laughs> needs to put the camera a long way away from it. <laughs> I don't know. Just fly natural. Do you reckon that? Do you reckon that was a little... Do you think that was a little Nick take, either of himself or at George Lucas? When Chewbacca is flying the shuttle and they're trying to get through that old pass. It's an older code, but it checks out. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, just fly natural. <laughs> Chicken, that was taking, from what you said earlier, was that taking the Mickey out of I mean, it, it could be. I mean, Harrison Ford was right there uh, in yeah. American Graffiti, so he's probably seen it all the way through. Yeah. So I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Confirmed. Confirmed. It's official. Finally. <laughs> okay. Read the card. Ride to ruin. <laughs> if you remember that, I picked this at random. Yeah. Uh, it's got a cost of one. Action. Discard a Rohan ally to choose a location. Place three progress tokens on that location. So, again... Discard an ally, so you're losing somebody, but you're getting three progress on a location. Yeah. So, obviously, that's just a complete 
situational thing, isn't it? If your desperation to get through a location or take something out of a staging area or whatever is, is overarching, then yeah, that could be a really useful card, I should imagine. Yeah, it's not bad because like we said earlier, there's a few allies in here which don't necessarily always serve a purpose, but they are cheap. So you could, just thinking it through, if you've played them out because that's all you've got, you oh. could play. You could play out an ancient mathem onto a location, then play ride to ruin to get rid of a, that ally that isn't John, doing you any good. John, the snowborn scout. Oh, hello, the snowborn scout. He's suddenly getting you free progress. He gets one progress when he comes in. He can get you four progress just with one snowborn scout. So he's that, that little fella suddenly looking like a million dollars, isn't he? Yeah, well, I've always loved him. But get the uh, <laughs> get get the, get the mathem on a, a location first. If you can really plan enough ahead, get the mathem out, play your snowboard scout out, get the progress token on that uh, location, then discard. Yeah. yeah. So for the cost of three, you get four progress, three cards, and a potential reduction of whatever from the um, what will have many threat from the staging area. Yeah, it's terrific. That's a great combo. Yeah, that's wonderful. Right, that's that's happening. Right, that's good. That's in. Right, that's one. Write that down. <laughs> I won't remember any of these. No. <laughs> uh, if only we were recording it. Um, one thing I'm just going <laughs> to just point out, I mean, this is quite obvious, but it, I guess it could be seen as an easily uh, missed rule. So this has an action that says, discard a Rohan ally to choose a location, place three progress tokens on that location. So that is its own action. So you can't then use that to discard the Westfold Horsebreaker, who has himself an action that says, discard Westfold Horsebreaker to choose and ready a hero, and then do that action. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Each action has to be played out fully before you can perform the next action. So if you were to discard the Westfold Horsebreaker, his action isn't going to trigger because he's already gone. However, just thinking it through, if you were so bold as to discard Aeomund... That would trigger. Because it's a response. After Eamon leaves play, ready or Rohan characters Ooh. in play. Ooh. You see, it's all starting to... <laughs> the brew is starting to come together. <laughs> <laughs> there are loads of possibilities. I think with the Eagles, similarly, you know, when you've been talking about allies coming in and out of play and this kind of thing, it does open up a whole bunch of possibilities. There's probably loads I haven't spotted in the Eagles. And just spending this time now, just this few hours looking through these <laughs> Rohan cards. Um, yeah, you are starting to see the synergies between them. Uh, it's amazing just putting them together like this and looking through them. Suddenly you see all this stuff. I think looking at them all individually. This is the power of doing something like this, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's loads of stuff I haven't noticed. Yeah, and also to repeat uh, myself about the 10th time, this is why we've chosen to do all the player cards from a cycle in one go per sphere so that we can discuss these interactions and these synergies. Because if we were going per an AP, you would just go, oh, we've got another attachment and we've got another Rohan character. And then it would be easy to miss the synergies by the time you get to that last AP of the cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we've justified that now. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to convince ourselves, aren't we? Our approach is right, right? <laughs> um, okay, we've got one more event. For the love of God, please read it out. <laughs> okay, the last event 
it's got a cost of one, and it's called the mustering of the Rohirrim. The mustering of the Rohirrim. I want to say that one more time. It sounds. <laughs> it feels so good to say the mustering yeah. of the Rohirrim. Search for top ten cards for your deck for any one Rohan ally card. Add it to your hand. Then shuffle the other cards back into your deck. So ten. Yeah, so that's a, quite a big selection. Uh, yeah. So you'll that's like a, a seventh of your deck. <laughs> After thirteen <laughs> rounds, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that—that's a huge number, you know. You, if you're after something, you'd be, you'd be unlucky not to find what you were, you know, looking. Oh looking yeah, for. absolutely. Which actually makes me go back to the idea of only putting one Elfhelm in the deck, for instance, and just going, "Well, okay, I, I can play that," and then just find it if I need it, right? Rather than clogging up my deck. Yeah, that's true. With with, with extra cards. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I think because all of these, because we had neither of us had played a specific Rohan deck before, because so many of these are obviously specific to Rohan. Yeah. I guess when we're putting other decks together before, we just probably just brush these aside. But okay, that's a Rohan one to do. I didn't realise how many Rohan ones they were. It's yeah. this entire cycle. It's the entire cycle. Ancient <laughs> Mathon, right? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really looking for. Well, God, I think now after what I said about the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm very much looking forward to putting this together. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I'm, I'm I'm very excited to do it. Yeah, yeah. great. That's terrific. <laughs> there was our brief overview <laughs> of the uh, yeah, of the shadow of Mirkwood spirit cards. There you go. <laughs> no, but that's terrific. I I really do think this could be a lot of fun to play. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's well. Well, we pledged you now, dear listener, that we are both going to put together a Rohan deck and we will do the next quest with a Rohan deck. Well, certainly attempt it. We may not succeed, as Em did with the Eagles. Um, <laughs> but we'll certainly give it a go and we'll let you know how that pans out. Yeah. All right. Have you got anything more you want to say about these cards? Maybe you want to mention the artwork? No, let's leave that for a, for, for another podcast. <laughs> we'll have an artwork special <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Okay then. So let's um let's just move on to our regular sections of the show. Uh, we won't dwell too long <laughs> as time is getting away from us. But we do have our uh, our fact of the week. So our regular section of the show where we go through the fact uh one question at a time and see if they are still relevant or if they need discussing or if they all make sense. So this week's fact goes a bit like this. In fact it goes exactly like this. It says question can a player use a response effect like the one on Eleanor during setup? Uh, and the answer is yes, responses can be triggered at any time they meet their specified prerequisite, including during setup. So I'm just looking up Eleanor now. I mean, she's the one who cancels. She cancels yeah. when revealed effects, but I'm just going to see. Then you have see... to pick another card. Ah, that's right. I've got it here. So it's response. Exhaust Eleanor to cancel the when revealed effect of a treachery card just revealed by the encounter deck, then discard that card and replace it with the next card in the encounter deck. So yeah, basically, well, it, it, the fact is clear if you ask me. Basically, you can play responses as long as the trigger is met. So if it's a treachery with a nasty when revealed, if Eleanor's in your starting heroes, you can exhaust her to discard that card and reveal the next encounter card i guess there's a couple of other heroes that would i'm trying to think um gloin 
Gloin has a response that when he's damaged, you give him a resource. So there there could be a treachery or something that damages here. I don't think that's very likely. Uh, that, that can, well, it could during happen. setup, it could happen. It could, it could happen. It could happen. Um, yeah, well, look, there, there probably are other examples out there and there probably certainly will be going forward. But just know that, yes, you can play responses on heroes which are on the table. I mean, you can't play any actions from your hand because you haven't got an action window but a response from a hero which is on the uh, is on the table can be triggered i think the only other one that has a response like that that we've seen anyway in terms of heroes is frodo when he's damaged you can cancel that damage and raise your threat nice way to start the game <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but the number of times i've drawn a doomed card straight off the bat that's always fun oh, doomed four you say <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the game yeah um okay uh, anything more to say about that one i don't think so i don't think it's pretty clear yeah 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 all right well if you unless you have anything more you want to add to the spirit cycle from the uh shadow of Mokwood, please say you haven't just well maybe should we go through some of these <laughs> no no, <laughs> no I, I have nothing more i have nothing more to say <laughs> apart from uh, to say oh no <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna do it again i'm very excited about putting together a road <laughs> <laughs> and using it in the next quest oh, there you go i said it i said it i couldn't resist i'm sorry well okay but almost as if the inevitability of discarding sneak attack and gandalf the inevitability of you having a terrible time with this rohan deck has now been set yeah. in stone disaster yeah <laughs> um so next time will be another spoiler episode we'll be on to the next quest which involves climbing up some mountains, I believe. It's the one that I have probably the one I know how to pronounce the least. Yeah, hence the reason. Hence the reason <laughs> I just said it's to do with climbing up mountains. You professionally and expertly skipped around it, and I just dived headlong into the trap. Got this broadcasting thing, eh? <laughs> um, the hills of no, nope. <laughs> nope. <the> hill. <laughs> Emin Mule, I think it is. Oh, that's very good. Emin, Emin, say, how do you say the last bit? Mule. Well, don't dwell on it. Just say it. Let it go out there. People think they've heard it correctly. <laughs> and then we can wrap it up. The hills of Emin Mule. Emin Mule. Emin Mule. Emin... <laughs> I don't know how to say it. <laughs> well, that will be your homework. Okay. In the meantime, <laughs> I'll be playing the hills of Emin Mule. Oh, that was good. <laughs> what he said. What he said. Okay, but if you would like to get in touch with us, in the meantime, uh, we have a Twitter feed, at Late of the Rings. Uh, you can get in contact with us directly via email at latertherings at gmail.com. And we have that Board Game Geek thread, which, as always, there'll be a link for in the show notes. So with that, all it leaves me to say is thanks again for listening. Take care out there. And goodbye. Bye.